Everybody, please put hey. a thumb in the air. Hey. Hey everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to Broad Street Hockey Radio. That's right, BSH Radio. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of fun and games for the evening. Man, it seems like... I know we recorded last week, but... Seems like it's been a while, and yet still nothing has happened. We're going to talk about the coaches. We're going to talk about uh, some bona fide offers and some offers that weren't made. Uh, We're going to get into the playoffs a little bit. Uh, But before we do any of that, Let's get to the intros and lead things off with Stephalicious D, Steph Driver. Hello, everyone. I've missed you so much. She back. Um, I'm back. I spent almost three weeks in Philadelphia. I saw Kelly Hinkle. I saw Charlie O'Connor. I did not see Bill Matz, and I think that is offensive. No to- one has seen me. I was going to say, to be fair, none of us see Bill Matz, and we all live here. I- he I don't, I'm not, <laughs> I've, yeah, I've done nothing. What was the but, last time I actually saw Bill? It's been a long time because I didn't see you before I moved. Draft party. Draft party. Yikes. And that was what, that was that, yeah, pre-pandemic. Yeah, yikes. Okay, so anyway, uh, while I was in Philly, I met with the Flyers. Ooh. Like, it, it was not people that you would know, but everyone who does all the background stuff everything to make the Flyers, the organization, actually run. And, God, they're amazing people, super smart. Um, And this is – I know everyone has been asking for the answer to this one question, and I got it. I got it, guys. There's not going to be a team dog. Oh, that's fucked up. Why not? There's probably not going to be a team dog. Why a definitive no? It's probably the, the the reason is they can't find someone to take the dog home. No, that's oh, the Joel sake. Joel Farabee wants the dog. Dave Scott's gonna end up taking care of the goddamn thing. <laughs> I I get it. I get it. You know he's gonna be shitting on my so carpet. It's, it's a responsible thing. It's like we can't just leave a dog with Owen Tippett. <laughs> Somebody's gotta bite the bullet here. Like a lot even of have people to, work there. It doesn't oh, even have to be have a player. A no, it could be somebody in the org. Yeah, like you know what? I mean, if if one of these old heads wants to try to get people online to stop hating them as much, like Paul Holmgren, take the dog. All I'm oh work, Paul Charlie. Holmgren. It won't work. Uh, so I listen. I pressed this issue, <laughs> the team dog, <laughs> because there are four things that matter to me as a human being. And one of them is the Flyers getting a team dog. Now, I'm not saying that it'll never happen. I'm just saying, not right now. But gritty with a team dog, like that is prime content. Particularly if it's like, it's got to be like a, a really like, like a well-worn mutt. Like just like a dog that's seen some shit. It's like gritty. What they got to get a street dog. How, how, would, yeah, we feel, how would we feel about like a... Like a team cat, because they take care of themselves a lot better. You could, we do have a bunch. What, what would a team? We've got a bunch of cat it. guys on this team. You could just leave the cat in the arena and just put some food out for it, and it's fine. For there's got to be one cat living in the Wells Fargo Center. At least one. There's got to be. At Has least to one. be. The vet was notorious like for Lawton, stray cats. Scott Lawton, Sean Couturier, they are cat dads. Oh. Like. We've got some cat dudes on this team. I think that right there. I think I was gonna say my next angle is going to be. What was that? There's too many fucking cat guys on this team. That's that's the problem. You we've just now we've just finally figured out the issue. Oh my god! Listen, I love cats, obviously, but uh, you know a bunch of cat guys. Like, eh, what are they gonna do? They're not gonna fight anybody. They're gonna be really soft. Like, eh. you know who has not one dog but multiple dogs. Ivan Travis Konechny. Oh, he, yeah, he's he's a dog guy. He's a dog guy. Ivan Provorov has his his little famous dog, but 
He carries him around in a backpack, which oh, A, adorable, B, not intimidating. Like, Travis Konechny, I feel like if on any given day has dirt under his fingernails, Ivan Provorov gets manicures weekly. Bank on it. Like, it's just, uh, you know, that kind of <laughs> Bank vibe. On it. It's just, you know. I, you know. So here's Whatever. the thing. I'm glad oh, I'm no. glad that we started this conversation. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad I can get something in. Here's the thing. Like, the Flyers need to recognize that, like, if they're not going to be really good for a long time, which seems very possible, they need to, like, inject some distractions. Pander. So, like, like, guys, guess what? You're not good enough to act like you're too good for a team dog. Yeah. You're not. It's pander time, fam. Yeah, it's totally like, pander once- time. Once you pander introduced- with a dog, you pander with a goal song, you pander with some dumb giveaways on game night. Like, you need to do some shit to get people engaged, and, and one of them is a dog. Once they introduced the mascot, like, pretending you were above anything was over. Yeah, we're done. And a dog is different than a man. Like, people will complain, oh, the mascot, all anyone cares about is gritty, the distraction, Twitter, LMAO. But, like, who's going to talk shit on a doll? Oh, my God. There will absolutely be a wing of Chud Flyers Twitter who will be like, focusing on getting a fucking dog? How about you get me some left wings that can shoot? Like, that's going to be 100% going to be a thing. Anyone who's, like, that's an auto block. If you talk shit on a, <laughs> talk shit on Gritty, I, you know, whatever. We share a birthday, but I'll live. Um, talk shit on the dog. I, I don't got time for you. You're clearly a no psychopath. No one's gonna talk shit on the dog. People are going to love it when the dog does literally anything, even if it is shitting at center ice. I mean, like, a dog sh- love that. A dog shitting on center ice was the highlight of the 21-22 season. So, from the, the athletic.com, like- Charlie O'Connor. Oh, no, it's been 20 minutes, Steph. We have to go. <laughs> okay, fine. Steph, you will spend an entire show talking about animals. You're right. Uh, so it's me. Um, yeah, I don't really have much of anything other than uh, I really, really, I think we're going to get into this in the show, but I want to express my undying gratitude to Barry Trotz because <laughs> thank you so much Charlie's off. for slowing down all of the coaching hires. Like the entire market is stuck. And no one is hiring a coach because Barry Trotz hasn't made a decision yet. And what that has allowed me to do is it has allowed me to not have to do a whole lot of writing. It's been great. So, Barry, thank you for giving me these two weeks because you just felt like, you know, eh, I don't want to make up my mind yet. I'm cool. Because the minute he gets hired by someone, then I think everyone's going to start hiring their coach because everyone is waiting on Barry Trotz because no one wants to hire someone else not knowing if that they were going to be the team that Barry Trotz picked. It's absolutely what's going on right now. Like, the first domino has not been... He is the first domino. Yes. Like, no one is going to move. It really says what the league thinks about... Like, there's some good coaches available. It's not like it's him and a bunch of fucking scrubs. And still, everyone is like, yeah, we'll, we'll wait. We're not in a rush. We'll wait on you, Barry. It's a very interesting dynamic right now. I hope he spends a lot of time at the cottage. Just for Charlie. <laughs> I hope he doesn't choose until it'll be Canada Day. Giroux will be uh, Giroux will be on his twelfth beer, beaten up. I was gonna say Bobby Margarita will be at the cottage, like two sheets to the wind, and Barry will be like, "Hey guys, what's everybody doing today?" Knock knock knock. <laughs> Sup. Last but certainly not least, the fly by herself, Kelly Henkel. So just to get this out of the way, um, apologies in advance if you hear noise when I'm talking. I'll edit it out when I'm quiet, but the annoying people above me are having their HVAC unit replaced today. So there's intermittent Boom, boom, and clip-clop? Yeah, those motherfuckers. Um, So (laughs) there might be noise. Sorry in advance. And also, uh, I only need to know if Bill has watched Shorzy yet. I haven't. I, dude, I know you've I'm been almost, working. I know you've been working. I, I've done lot. nothing but sleep and work for basically three weeks. Oh I don't know how people do this. Me. Like, working for a living? Oh, my fucking God. It's terrible. It's a hard I, I complained. I complained all year about post games? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I'm a little bitch. <laughs> You're going to like it. You're going to like it a lot. I'm, I, I'm, I have two episodes left of Stranger Things, and then I think Shorzy is absolutely next, because I have... I have a friend who's texting me every day who's like, you watch it yet? You watch it's it yet? It's only like six episodes, so yeah, it'll go I, real quick. 
Letter Kenny's only like five, six episodes every season. And yeah. It's, and yeah, so I'm sure I will bang it out probably this weekend. Very excited about it. So, as many people know, I have been doing quite a bit of fill-in shows uh, on the overnight on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out with me from 2 to 5.40 over these last couple of weeks. Uh, but I have been talking quite a bit about one Mike Trout, Millville's own Mike Trout, and how I believe him to be a fraud. Uh, I think he cosplays as a Philadelphia fan, uh, and when given the opportunity to hit the open market, he decided no and signed an extension with the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim before he could possibly yield or receive a half a billion dollar deal from the Philadelphia Phillies. Now, me, as a Philadelphia sports fan, I want to do everything I can to, in, to help my teams win championships. So I sit in the outfield when I go to baseball games. So when fly balls are hit the outfielders of the opponent, I can try to call them off. I've om- almost been successful twice. I do my part. Now, if Mike Trout was a real Philadelphia fan, he would do his part to help a Philadelphia team win a championship, and that would be playing center field for the Phillies. He refused to do so. I believe him now to be a fraud. Uh, if you're going down to the ballpark this weekend... Boo him, as the Angels are in town. Now, Johnny Goudreau has a similar opportunity this summer, and I think possibilities are high he comes here. However, I don't know if I'd call him a fraud if he didn't sign here. Now, part of it is just I like him more uh, as a human. He's, I don't know, his dad taught me to skate. You know, like, what are we going to do here? Uh, But... (laughs) Uh, he doesn't make it his whole personality that he's from Philly or that he's a Philly sports fan. Like, that's not his thing. Like, he wears an Eagles hoodie from time to time, and that's cool. And we all know, like, you know, his dad ran Hollydale, et cetera, et cetera. But I don't know. I, I won't judge him as hard for not coming here. And maybe it's just because, like, I don't know, if he follows the Flyers as closely as I do, what, what am I going to demand a great player sign here? Like, hmm. you know. But... Johnny, I really hope this you do. I hope you like go. Not hockey. What's that? This sounds a lot like not hockey. <laughs> what do you mean? I'm just being an asshole. No. Proceed. I, Johnny, I really hope you sign here and go the opposite route of Mike Trout and prove yourself to be a true fan of Philadelphia sports. So, so, so here's my point about that uh-huh. whole argument. And Bill, I. I completely get where you're coming from because I do believe that there was an element of uh, Mike Trout, you know, really playing up the Philadelphia connection and then bailing on it. I get that. However, oh, he's such a cosplayer. Here is my counter argument. My counter argument is that if you are a true Philadelphia sports fan, you have a better understanding than anyone that the dumbest thing for you to do is to join a sports team in Philadelphia mm. because Philadelphia sports fans are absolutely batshit insane and you don't want to have to deal with them. You'd rather be a part of them than to have to deal with them. So really, Mike Trout was doing the only thing that a moderately intelligent Philadelphia sports fan could do, which is understand that playing in front of Philadelphia sports fans is like something you'd rather not have to do. Yeah, ask, ask Jason Kelsey about that. I think he'd disagree. But, you know, he's not a coward. That's all. I guess, yeah. I guess Mike Trout's just a coward. He's afraid to play in front of us. We're, we're a little yeah. mean. He'd rather just no one ever watch him. No, he it's not, the it's not just mean. It's not just mean. They're completely Psychotic. irrational and insane. Yeah. Yeah. You know? But, like, maybe he wants to play for a good team. He yeah, maybe he wants to do that, too. Good. And the Angels were never good until this year. He's played oh, the Trout. playoffs one fucking time. They stink. I'm thinking of Sorry. Yeah. Let's get Johnny. Come on home, Johnny. All right. So before we get into the coach stuff, um, I, I found some of the the Connor McClellan, um, McClennan. What what is it? McClennan. McClennan and Marcus Westfall uh, not signing. Whatever. I don't care. I didn't know that the term bona fide offer was a thing, though. Is that I new? I don't know if anyone knew. So like Charlie maybe knew about it. I had literally in the. 57 years that I've been watching hockey, I have never heard this term before. And somehow this year, I saw, I think, like three team accounts tweet about bona fide offers. Like, I don't know if the NHL was like, hey, guys, could you, like, say this word so people know it's a thing? Like, I have, I never heard of it before. Yeah, I saw a bunch of team accounts saying it yesterday, and it feels very weird. I, it's uncomfortable, but also, 
there must have been something from the league. There had right? to have yeah. been, The Arizona right? Coyotes and the Philadelphia Flyers are not both going to say bona fide deals if somebody didn't tell them to do yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're you're probably right that there, this was some type of league mandate. That said, I do wonder. Like my first thought when they tweeted that out, when the Flyers tweeted that out, that out that they had done these two bona fide offers to players that honestly the vast majority of fans had never heard of, or they yeah, heard Ethan of once Samson and, then, and Owen McLaughlin, and then forgot about. Yes. Yeah. Um, my first thought was that it was a, not a conspiracy, but like basically they knew that people were going to be mad online that they didn't sign two prospects they drafted. So. So they didn't have to just say that. They included these bona fide offers, which actually don't really mean anything at all, aside from the fact that they don't lose the ability to sign them theoretically in the future. But It, it allowed, adds another year to the negotiating yeah, window. But it allowed for the Flyers to be like, see, we did something. Like, we're not just <laughs> letting prospects go that, you know, you may or may not have liked at some point. We did something. See? See, we're doing stuff. That no, was my first thought. I really thought, because I didn't know it was like a term that meant something, so I thought they were just like, we we made real, these yeah. are real, we made real a real offer. Offers. That's yeah, what I like, thought too. I was like, that's weird. I and then the like, I, like, I read a, a dork. I was yeah. like, weird like, way to put it. I thought it was like covering <laughs> the fact that the other two guys were like, but we made real, bona- look, it's real, it's bona fide. <laughs> And then, like, I read a story, and it, like, explained bona fide offers add another year to the club's time frame of negotiating rights with a drafted prospect. Okay, cool. It means something. They bought another year with a couple of guys. Uh, is uh, Connor McClellan, Marcus Westfall, should anyone care? Probably not a lot. The McClellan, McClellan one is just McClennan. weird because he was actually good, and it just seems weird to not be like, well, let's see. Like, like, I'm just wondering, like, what they see that's so bad that they didn't even want to be like, let's throw him in the AHL and see what happens. Once again, perhaps not their choice. No, you know? no, I, I don't. That, that's that's obviously what people are going to say because people are just really pissed yeah, off at the Flyers. Of that's not no. Like, you're a junior player. Connor, Mc, let me put it this way. Connor McLennan is not the caliber of junior player that he can afford to decline an ELC from anyone and be 100% certain that he's going to sign another one immediately or get drafted immediately. Like, he's he's a guy where, like, if somebody offers him a contract, he's taking it. So, yeah. no. Okay. Just because you're real, 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 another 20 reels mad at the Flyers for existing, it doesn't mean that, like, every single person in hockey – like, doesn't want to be part of the organization. But it's fun to tweet about on Twitter, so I guess have fun. Um, but anyway, uh, no, I disagreed with their decision not to not to sign McLennan. And that's not because I think he's, like, a super prospect. Like, I think some people looked at his numbers and decided that he was, like, actually one of the Flyers' better prospects. He's not. Like, he's—the thing with guys like him is that— He's obviously small, which I know people like, oh, well, you're making a big deal about, about his height. But, like, most guys who get drafted late in a draft that are from the CHL, so from the OHL, the WHL, or the Q, they rarely ever pan out. And I'm talking about guys that get drafted in the sixth and seventh round. Because the thing is, is that every team in the league has watched them so much. And if they slip that far, like scouting departments across the NHL are not that bad. That they would just be like, oh, this guy, like someone, there, there are, there, yes, Bill, you can shake your head, but like there are Tampas, there are Detroit. Oh, yeah. Where like, if this guy was really good, they would have picked him in the fourth round. So, like, those guys that get drafted from the CHL in the sixth, seventh round, they rarely pan out to begin with, just because there is an element of efficiency in all this. So, generally speaking, if you draft a guy like that, you're taking a, a, taking a real flyer. He's a real lottery ticket. Add in the fact that, He's small and he's not that great of a skater. Those guys really don't usually pan out because I'm, there is an element of like, if you're small, you better be a really good skater. Like Johnny everybody is small. It doesn't matter because he's super skilled and he's a very good skater. Yeah. 
Like Braden so, Point, same deal. He became a really good skater. Connor McClellan is not. So the thing is, is that like, like, could he prove to be one of the exceptions? Yeah, he could. And that's why I would have offered him a contract. Because you know what? Maybe he's one of those guys that just can make up for it. It could be a power play weapon and develops late. And you know what? I would have taken a flyer on it because why the hell not take some chances on guys who could, you know, maybe there's a 5% chance he could be a top six forward. But like, what the hell? There, that, that's, that's still better than zero. So give it a shot because you need those guys. But like, chances are he's not going to pan out because those guys rarely pan out. Yeah, but, like, if someone hands you a lottery ticket, you don't throw it away before they call the Powerball numbers. Like, you're going to see what happens, even though you know it's probably not a winner. Like, you're going to see. So it's not even so much... It, it, it just seems like a stupid decision. Like, it just I seems agree. like, a, it, it's like a decision fundamentally a dumb decision. Yeah, which I, is one of those things where it's like we've gone back to it a million times. Like, it's not so much the actual thing. It's the thought process behind it. And it's like, why are we still making, like, dumb choices that, are, that don't make any sense? Like, they signed Adam Yinning. And, like, to yeah, me— sucks. But th- that, that's the thing. Like, to me, it's— it, the, the choice, and I don't know if it was like an either or. I mean, they could have theoretically signed both, so that's probably not the right way to, to present it. But like, Adam Yinning is a guy where he probably has a better chance of playing in the NHL than Connor McLennan because Adam Yinning has played in professional leagues in Sweden. He's big, he hits people, you know, whatever. Oh, well. the, thing is, the thing is, is that like, Adam Yinning, if he plays in the NHL, is very, very likely to be a bad NHL player. Whereas with Connor McLennan, like, he's less likely to be in the NHL, but he's probably more likely where if he does, he'd actually be good. So, like, I'd rather take the shot on the less likely to make it, but if he makes it, will be, like, a positive value player than wasting a contract on a guy who I think is, like, if he makes it, he's Robert Haig part two who was a negative value player, in my opinion. The Flyers are at 32 contracts, let's say, after they sign their own RFAs and everything, bring in whoever. They're at, like, 40. Because is it just trying to maintain some flexibility, have those open uh, contract slots? I just... I just think that they don't think he's going to pan out and they don't want to waste their time. Like, to me, the weird part about it for me is that I talked to people in the organization back in February and I got the sense that they were very much planning to offer him a contract. Um, That basically they were kind of like, look, there's there's a chance he might not make it, but like at the very least he'll be a decent AHL player. So I kind of wonder if... Here's Here's my theory. This is honestly my theory. I think that what probably happened is they were probably scouting the Winnipeg Ice, his team, a lot more over the last few months because uh, Savoy, Matthew Savoy, who's drafted, who's going to be drafted in the top 10, he's on that team too. And they probably, their scouts probably watched a lot of their games, like a lot more <laughs> of their games than they usually do. And probably a couple of the scouts came back and were like, yeah, this McLennan guy, like he's not going to make it. Like, don't waste your time. That That's my theory, because I don't know why they would have changed their opinion of what they were going to do from February to May so dramatically. All right. That, that's fine. Theory, explanation. I, I can't get up in arms about a guy I know nothing about. Uh, you'd want, you know, the investment you make in uh, draft draft picks to pay off, get something out of them. Like Kelly said, it's a lottery ticket. See how it goes. But... I guess you can't sign everybody. Uh, I don't think it's that big a deal. But- I, I think it's a, it's a big deal. It's not a big deal, but it's, it's as Kelly kind of hinted, it speaks to a lot of the issues we've articulated on the show about the priorities of the organization in terms of upside. It just seems like they still have the mentality of prioritizing lower upside guys over higher upside guys. Like, Lower, lower risk, lower upside over higher risk, higher upside. And that is the frustrating part about this. Not because I think that Connor McLennan is going to pan out. I don't. But I do think that everything should be looked at in terms of probabilities. And the probability of Connor McLennan being a positive value player is higher than the probability of, say, an Adam Yenning, who they clearly prioritized higher than they did Connor McLennan. 
It's it reminds me of um it reminds me of the Tyrell Goldborn draft. Like, oh, he's gonna oh, play in the NHL. No. He's got NHL legs, and he did, mm. in fact, play a handful of he games. He did play in some NHL. NHL games. That did happen. Yeah, so that it, it, and just, that first like, shift. Uh, but but again, that's the thing. Like <laughs> yeah. these guys may play games, but yeah. they won't provide positive well. value. Yeah, that's the right. thing. You should be oh. trying to get guys who might, in some way, shape, or form, provide positive. Also, value. it's like a self fulfilling prophecy. Like if you've decided that Tyrell Goldborn is the kind of guy that you think should be an NHL player, yes. and you draft him, you're going to make him an NHL player yes. rather than the small guy who needs to work on his skating. Which, if I recall correctly, is like Bill probably knows, like the easily the most easily fixed problem with a hockey player. Yeah, I don't skating. know about that. No, okay. I mean, um, I I would disagree. I mean, I would imagine that if you work on it with like a professional coach That's, for for a long time, tell that to I Matthew. I feel Stroh. like it's something that can be fixed. Tell that to Matthew. Stroh. Like skating is something that can be fixed. Size cannot be um, shot. Shot, I, shot. I actually skating. think is one of the things you can you can improve. The, to me, the thing with skating is that okay. skating can be improved from a to a certain level. The problem mm. is, is that like for example, like I'm a terrible skater. If I worked with a skating coach for a year, I could probably get a lot better, like a lot better, like probably like 200% better. It wouldn't get me anywhere near <laughs> NHL level, but I could get a lot better because I've never worked Fair with enough. a skating coach before. The thing Fair. is, is that like anyone who's in major juniors has already worked with skating coaches, yeah. so they've already reached that threshold of competence. Getting you from competent to actually really good it rarely happens. Like the guys That's that can, enough. the guys that can take those big leaps tend to be the guys who started playing hockey late. Like a lot, the, the guys who maybe came from like not the most privileged backgrounds, so they didn't have mm. that ability. Those are the guys that tend to take bigger leaps later on because they never got that. Which is why, like somebody like Matthew Strom, like he came from a family of guys who all made the NHL. Like he'd probably been working with skating coaches since he was like eight, and they never could fix it. So <laughs> like. Guy. I I disagree with your opinion. Whereas, like, shooting, I think you can work, like, you could work with, you know, like, make yourself just get stronger, you know, build up your muscles, you know, fix your technique, learn how to use your eyes to, to deceive goalies better. Like, shooting, I think, is actually something is improvable from a, like, base-level competencies to getting better than that. Skating, I think, with these guys, it's kind of rare when you see, like, and it happens. Like, Jamie Benn got better Mm -hmm. after being drafted. Braden Point got better after getting drafted. Like, it does happen, but it doesn't happen a lot. So my point is just that, as Charlie said, if the organizational priority is not high upside players that you're taking a chance on, like, yeah, right, those guys are never going to be NHL players for the Flyers because the, the Flyers will never take a chance on playing one of those guys. So it's just until they change that, AKA all the old guys retire we're it's just going to be like this, which is. Yeah. Name. And it's like, it's I not don't just the old guys, but I think it's just an organizational conference. Yeah. Level. The, uh, the, the organizational philosophy of like, it's like how we said they know there's a salary cap, but it doesn't seem like, yeah. They know that means they have to prioritize how they spend money. They get like, it. They in theory, know but not in practice. They need high end talent players. But if you're not going to take a flyer on a guy who could be that and focus on, well, we're going to go with, yeah, like Robert Haig 2.0, like, all right, well, you might never find that diamond in the rough then. But, like, again, he probably isn't that. It's just that organizational yeah. philosophy thing that seems to be. At times, a little frustrating for all of us. Exactly. Do we have any other news or notes before we move on to the coaching search? It's been pretty dead, I think, for Flyers news. Happening. Yeah, there's just been nothing. Uh, all right, let's um, let's break here and then come back and talk coaches. How's that sound? All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah let's do that. do that. Come back on the other side. We're going to talk about Trots and this uh, this coaching search that is just waiting on him. All right, fam, we are back, and we are waiting on Barry Trotz, much like the rest of the NHL. The Philadelphia Flyers are awaiting Barry Trotz's decision on where he will be coaching next season, and then all the other dominoes appear to be falling behind him. Uh, I guess the latest news here, uh, Friedman said Mike Vellucci from the Pens is in the running for the Flyers' job. Uh, Tortorella, of course, uh, met with the organization. That's still out there. 
how do we think this is... Where, do we think this is going to reach a conclusion anytime soon? I, I, don't, I don't need to rush to the decision. I don't need to know right away. Uh, but what sort of sense does everyone get? Like, okay, Trotz announces next week. Do the Flyers have a coach immediately after? Like, do they have yeah. a plan B, C lined up? Or is it like, okay, then the search really starts in earnest? Yeah, Winnipeg announces Trots, and then the next day Flyers announce Tortorella. That's right. where it's going to go. I, so yeah. I, I've got questions, I've got questions about Winnipeg. Like, I know he's from there, but what is appealing about that team? He's from there. Connor Hellebuck. Oh, okay. So that's it. He's just from there, and people have decided that the Flyers are so bad that he wants to go home. And well, they do have Detroit. They have high. The, the Winnipeg has higher end talent. I would say. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, like people, Ooh. people around the game really like Kyle Connor. Um, they do have Shifley, yeah, although Shifley, I mean, they might trade He's him. He's falling off a bit. Yeah, they oh, might yeah. trade him this summer. Um, I just think there's a the general feeling around Winnipeg is that they are closer. I mean, they weren't like they they missed the playoffs this year, but they didn't miss it by a ton. I think like the general feeling is that Winnipeg is closer than the Flyers. I mean, It's they, the West. Everyone's close. Yeah, like, they have Dubois. They yeah. have Ehlers. Like, they have guys that people... They have Hellebuck, who's good. Like, they have guys who people think, like, yeah, they could get in. And if you add Trotz to the mix, I mean, he's a really good coach. So he tends to take teams that are fine and turn them into legit good. Yeah. I just, you know... I don't see the appeal of the, the Winnipeg team like we did... When it was Quenville, like, we knew Florida. Like, we knew, all right, that's an appealing young team. Oh, at the we time, he's going. I feel like at the time, we kind of shit on him for the Florida thing. It was like, oh, we you're did. just going there. Oh, we you're did. You're just going there but for the ponies. More because, yes, we did. And the beach. The ponies. Yeah, I said he was going there to retire and just collect a check. And it turns out that was true. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, yeah, so that was it. I was just wondering. But I... My gut says that they know what they're going to do no matter what Trotz's decision is, but I I don't know. I don't know. Uh, do you think, like, I want to ask, should the Flyers put a clock on Trotz? Like, if no. we don't have an answer X, no. we need to move on. No. What if... Well, it's, yeah. So here's here's why they can't. I, I honestly believe this. I think they know that it would be a public relations nightmare if they hire someone before Trotz is officially off the market. Like they even have if they're know that. even if they're pretty sure they're not going to get Trotz, if they were to hire someone, especially like if it maybe they could get away with it if it's Torts because it could be like, oh, we want a Torts, we want to shape it, you know, whip these guys in a shape with the old school Torts. But like if it's anyone else, everyone's going to be like, why didn't you wait on Trotz, you morons? So like I think they kind of have to wait on him if only yeah. just to not be like you know you blew the opportunity to get trots because you wanted this bum. And that's that's what I was like. I, I don't think you can put the actual, like, you can't go and make the, the hire until trot. You just can't do it from the PR standpoint. Like you said, what if a coach like Tortorella is like, I will not be plan B. Uh, if you call me the day after, if you call me the day after trots uh, chooses his destination, like, and he obviously knows what's up. Like, look at the whole coaching landscape right now. Right. It's just like, John Tortorella is a highly regarded coach who has a Stanley Cup championship. Like, the same number as Trotz. Like, uh, if I was him, I'd kind of, I'd be a little offended, I think. Uh, I'm From the Flyers' standpoint, I get it. But I'm also starting to get a little bit of a... 2013 offseason vibes, like the Flyers are waiting for the offer sheet to be matched. They're waiting for Parisian Suter to make their decision, and uh oh, everyone's gone. Now that's not ha- like there's been. Well, that hasn't uh, happened the, yet. I the mean, Islanders don't, yeah, have don't hired get angry from about within. That hasn't happened yet. No, that's the Islanders have hired from within, and uh, what the Marty St. Louis officially the Habs coach. No yeah, one, no one? other chips have fallen yet. Uh, it was inter- two internal hires, and that's it. So uh, it's not something that's imminent, but I-, I just wonder, like, 
if if I'm Tortorella and I've spoken to the organization and then they call me the two minutes after Trotz announces, I don't know. Am I am I put off by that? I think I would be. Um as I said, I feel like um I feel like Torts is maybe the only coach they could hire where they could get away with it. Because I mean granted, like I don't think the Torts hire would be particularly well received like on social media. Well, maybe in certain corners of social media. Probably in the corners of social media it that would. would be frequent. But it would be it would be received well from the old school portion of the fan base. It would be received well, I believe, from a lot of the season ticket holders. Yes. Um so I think they could get away with torts. They could get away with hiring torts before Trotz picks his destination. I don't think they could get away with hiring. Maybe they could get away with hiring Tockett because he's Tockett. Maybe. I mean, I think that'd be real dumb. But, like, not that I think, like, Tockett would necessarily be an awful hire. I just think, like, hiring Tockett before, like, all the other shoes drop. To me, like, Tockett Rick Tockett will be available in a week. Yeah, like, to me, Tockett's a fallback plan. But, like... They could probably get away with that because he's Rick freaking Tockett. Aside from those two, like if you hire like a Jim Montgomery or somebody like that, like I think people are going to be like, well, what was behind door number two? Who do you guys think, like in your bones, who do you think it's going to be? Tortorella. Tortorella. Yeah, me too. I'm okay with it. I don't think it's going to be Tortorella. I'm fine no, with you it don't, too. Charlie. Like, I'm totally Charlie fine with doesn't it. think so. Interesting. I don't know. I just. Do you think. Do you think there's a chance it's Trotz? Like, do you think he's going to come here? No, I don't. I mean, I can't say, heard... it's a, can't say it's a 0% chance, but I, I just I don't know how it makes sense to him. Yeah, Have I asked you a yes about, or no question. Um, That's fine. Jim Montgomery getting an interview yet? Have we heard anything about that? Yeah, I think he's in the mix. Cool. I've heard that he is in the mix. Yeah. Just casually heard that he's in the mix. I wasn't sure if he'd been I want, interviewed uh, yet. I want it for Montgomery. But for my own entertainment purposes, give me Tortorella. Like, if this is the plan, so, I mean, if here's this the thing. is really the plan, let's fucking do it then. People are going to be real mad, like big mad, I think, if it's Montgomery. So that's kind of fun for us. Eh. I would love for it to be Jim Montgomery because I think he's a good coach and I love the redemption arc piece of it. Like, he gets, he gets his happy story while the Flyers are rebuilding on the fly like there's the potential for a disney movie story there and that would be cool to cover but in terms of tortorella everything i've heard from the the people who have covered him in columbus is that he's actually like a nice guy everybody likes him that's fine i just don't want him to go do you know do you know what else john tortorella does he He saves saves puppies yes i know he saves puppies he still smoke which means team team dog Team yeah, dog if John Tortorella comes to Philadelphia is what I'm saying. I I'm, need it not to be fucking something so boring like Volucci or Kirk Muller or something. Like I need it not to be one of see, those. See, I wouldn't hate I, I wouldn't hate Volucci. Me neither. I was Why gonna say no? that next. Because he's he's never like he's not a retread. He's coached know, under good coaches. He's won at minor league levels. Like at least you're giving something different a shot. Do we think that he has absorbed enough Mike Sullivan that he could just be Mike Sullivan Jr. for us? I mean, that'd be cool. I think Mike Sullivan's a top three coach. He's very good. I I would really appreciate someone off that tree. Now, that said, like, the Bill Belichick coaching tree, not exactly producing winners. And also, like, like, It doesn't always work. Burnett, Burnett, Burnett down in Florida didn't... I think he kind of revealed himself once the playoffs started to be not quite Q junior once things started to get tough on him it's i just my my thing with with torts so i actually like torts i mean my issue with torts from the start has been that i think he's too good of a coach for what the flyers need right now and i think he'll improve the flyers enough that they won't be bad enough to get the kind of players they need in the draft that's my issue with torts it's not because i don't think torts is a good coach i think torts is a good coach i think torts will improve he will improve the flyers go ahead kelly I just, I, his re, I think that his results are good. I just don't like him as a coach. I, just, I don't know. This, I, I have no facts to back up my bias. My, I just don't like him. My, I don't yeah. like the idea of, of a coach watching Trevor Zegras do the Michigan and being like, you little asshole, if you do that again, I'm going to bench you. Like, I just, I can't, I can't. Yeah, I don't want it. That is fair. 
I mean, my, my issue with the torts thing, and I feel like this is why, like, I in the end, I don't think he's going to get hired, is because it's so obvious that the old guys in the organization want him, and, like, I don't want them to win. Yes. <laughs> but, like, that's the problem. It's that thing of my idea versus what's going to happen. Yeah. What I want will not happen. They are not going to trade everybody and start over. That is not going to happen. So they like, not going to sell the team and start. Fresh, that's I don't even need them I, to sell the team. Like that's not you know it would be cool, but that's not. I just need them to recognize that they're not going anywhere anytime soon. So they should just blow the whole fucking thing up and start over. Since that's not going to happen, I think Tortorella might be the best possible solution for a short term problem. Like Montgomery, I love and I like the idea because when this fails. Maybe you can keep him around and he can get you through something and come out on the other side. Like, that ain't Tortorella. Tortorella's going to be here three years max. And then when this thing fails, like, we're going to be going through the, all this again probably in 18 to 20 months. But since this is the plan right now, I want this plan to work because I don't want to be fucking miserable for an entire season again. This year sucked. That'd be less Even than if I it's know. fake. Yeah, but Even see, if I'm it's just fake. Bill, I'm just expecting, like, I'm at the point where I'm expecting next season to be miserable. So if it's not, I'll just be pleasantly surprised. I mean, this is generally the way it's generally the way I approach most things in life, right? Expect the just, worst outcome so that if like, something moderately positive happens, it's like, holy shit. Even if it's just, like, yeah, I would kill for Connor Bedard. Are you kidding me? They're going to do enough stupid shit to make that not a possibility. Oh, no, I mean, I don't like, think they're going to be that bad. They'll be, like, yeah, where they exactly. are this year, where they'll be, like, the fifth or sixth overall pick. And since, like, they're going to go get Johnny Goudreau, and that's ten more points on the total, they're going to be in the 13th pick. Mm-hmm. And since no, that, they, like, they I'd rather... Sports, I could easily see that. Yeah, and that's why, like, you know what? Being the fucking second wild card doesn't look like that that horrible of uh, of a fate to me after living through the last two seasons you're not wrong i'm i mean i'm not going to pretend that i'm not going to be pumped as hell if they're in the playoffs next season kelly you're gonna bite by september you're going to be picking them to win the cup accurate we're <laughs> all <laughs> kelly let's get we'll get we'll get matching goudreau jerseys together oh god yes i want one too can hold I on get, we can, can all I get, get home? them right oh Okay, Charlie, sure. just steal them when they're when you go down and they're washing all the jerseys. Just grab a couple. Yes, I'm going to destroy my career just so you guys can get free jerseys. I mean, don't get caught. Yeah, what are you doing? the fuck. You're just a redhead I mean, carrying a laptop. Ain't one. no one gonna don't notice. Get caught. Just say you're Owen Tippett or something. <laughs> you look like enough of the players on the team, Chuck. Yeah, I'm like True. five foot seven. I don't think oh, like shit. Yeah, that that's a dead giveaway. They'd never sign you. Never. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think like who's the littles that we have on the team. That's like Cam. Charles Konechny. Nope, Chuck doesn't look like. Cam. I don't look like Bobby Brink. Is little Cam. I definitely Bobby don't look like Bobby Brink. Y'all look the same. Yeah, Cam's oh. like five foot eleven. He's taller than me. Oh, I could I could tall? make my I could make myself yeah, look yeah. a little bit like Cam if I made my hair poofy, but like I'm not as tall as Cam, and Cam is way more <laughs> ripped than I am. Well, like, I don't want you to take your shirt off while you're doing it, Charles. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, Chuck goes to the gym. Everyone People knows. forget. I didn't. People forget People this. Forget Charlie this. lives at the gym. Oh, God. Uh, so, like, Charlie. Charlie, did you ever answer this who you like think it's going to be? This is show. I love us. <laughs> did you ever answer who you think the coach is going to be, Charlie? Um, I, I, I still am thinking Montgomery ends up getting it. Um, Ooh, he's kind baby. of been my thought for a while. Um, I love this. But I know, I mean, as I said, I, I know there are people in the org that like torts. Um, so I wonder I who. Yeah, well, I as I said, that's the thing. Like, <laughs> I just, it's just that, like, it's not even, it's not even that I don't want him to get the job out of spite. It's just that, like, like, I don't understand why they're listening to them this much. Yeah, like, stop collaborating. Like, why, why are you listening to the old guys this much? Like the ones that all got fired from their previous positions because everyone hated what they were doing. The ones who are all the reason you're in the position you're in. Yeah. Maybe don't listen to them. Like Rasus Ristolina was a bad idea. It was a bad idea. On two levels, it was a bad idea. Does anybody (laughs) else not realize this? Imagine having the same bad idea twice. Like, (laughs) 
Like, oh, I'm going to take a shot of bleach. And then the next night, you're like, yo, remember when I took that shot of bleach? Let's do it again for well, five years and $25 million. Dollars. So yeah. I might as well also. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I got to finish it. Otherwise, I will waste the money I spent on the bleach to begin with. <laughs> exactly. The only thing I want in life God, is for the rich people from the Flyers to just go and be rich. <laughs> yeah. Go. Go to go Florida away. and Paul be Holmgren. old and rich. Buddy, go. Go. Be rich. Go, go away. Go be rich. Bobby Clark. Bobby Clark. Go, go be rich. Why do you hate your Stop it. Just so go, much go, that go. You can't go retire. Like, can't you just be in the house? Why do you have to be at the arena every day? I don't yeah, even like, go, go golf. Home. Country club. We'll do the thing for you. Like, just go be rich. My thing is, like, I don't even have a problem with, like, them having voices. It's just that, like, it seems like their voices are getting more and more powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, all of a sudden. I'm convinced Bobby Clark runs the team again. And like and absolutely that's run the team. fucking insane to I mean, me they don't that we're run the here. team, but like they very clearly have Chuck's ear. Yeah, like and, 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 and you know, I mean truthfully You know what Chuck's gonna do? Whatever he can to keep the no, job. And, and truthfully, like that honestly might be what's going on here is that Chuck knows that the main reason why he still has a job is because the old guys are still in his corner. And if he loses them, he'll lose the job. So it really might be that simple that, like, that's why he's listening to them more and more. Bobby Clark, who, like, we didn't even think was really all that involved anymore, went on a podcast and said it's all fucking Ron's fault, like, a couple of months ago. That's, like, when was the last time he did media? Yeah, why? why It's not 2006. Right. What are we doing? And he did, like, a actually... No, it wasn't Chuck or anyone who works here now. It was all that guy who went to the Penguins. <laughs> uh, like, I- I'm just baffled that we're back in this spot. And maybe we're overblowing it. Maybe we're overstating it. Maybe we're all a little tainted by how bad the Flyers have been lately. But they can't possibly think this is what good organizations are running. You, know right? you know what they could have done for all of this talk not to have happened? Literally they, anything else. They could have not traded for and then re-signed Rester Salina. I'm just saying. That's literally. I'm just that's saying. The, that is the that is the move that this poor guy. turned everyone. And like I, I say, this poor guy, and he's gonna make like a hundred mil in his career. Like he's oh, yeah, gonna hear my commentary rich. and dry his tears with hundred dollar bills. Rich. <laughs> I like Rester Salina as a person. He's a funny guy. Like cool dude. It's just like he's understand. dramatically overvalued by hockey men. Even have to say that I, that I, sorry, this is like a total tangent. I fucking hate that so much. Like, why do we ever have to say that? If I say on this podcast, I fucking hate Cam Atkinson. It has nothing to do with him as a person. I don't fucking care about Cam Atkinson as a person. I'm talking about a hockey player. He actually is a, a really little, nice guy, though. A little cog in a machine. I don't give a fuck if he saves puppy dogs. I don't give a fuck if he's nice to babies. Like, I don't care. And I don't like the idea that you have to say, well, Rismus Ristolainen is really nice. Like, who gives a fuck? He sucks on the hockey team. I don't care if he's nice. I would actually... I would actually like someone who's mean to babies. We need more guys who are mean to babies on this team. I think that's... Well, see, the thing is, is they had that. (laughs) His name was Nolan Patrick. I was I was walking through um I guess it was the the press area the press box the other day and there's pictures on on the back and they're like you know on the wall and it's all of like the flyers over time like Wayne Simmons Claude Giroux Matt Reed Brian Elliott like they're all on the wall and Nolan Patrick and I pointed it out I was like it's Nolan and it was just like oh oh oops there. They just I put Lou Nolan's there. face over his. They took every nice Lindros picture. picture down like the second they got rid of no, him. Like, no, they had a public press conference there. to rip the C off yeah, his jersey when he was still on the team. This is different. So, to, to, to give background for people who haven't been in the press box, which is yeah. probably the vast majority of our listeners, basically what, what they did, this was a few years ago when they redid the press box. All of the photographers who regularly cover the Flyers got little showcase spots 
along the back wall of the press oh, box cool. where like their best pictures or like I'm guessing it's pictures that like they specifically picked out um got to go up like next to their name and it's it's really neat it was a nice thing to do for the photographers um but like that's why they're not going to take pictures down because like they just because a guy got traded or a guy left because he wasn't popular or whatever like it was still a picture that photographer really really liked it was a good picture so they're not going to take it down it was a great photo yeah. like yeah. there was there was one little controversy which like i I honestly didn't even look into it because it wasn't worth my time, but it was kind of funny. So one of the pictures um, on one of the showcases is a picture was a picture of Ron of Ron Hextall, like with his jersey off after like a fight or something, and like they the Flyers played the Penguins the last time the Flyers played the play, played the Penguins at home. That picture was not up. It was down. Oh, my God. And one of the Penguins writers, like, tweeted about it and was like, wow, real classy, Philadelphia. You took down the Ron Hextall picture, and it was just empty. It was just an empty spot. And then, like, the next game, it was back up. So, like, I really think it was just, like, they probably, like, were fixing it in some way or cleaning it. But, like, it was kind of a bad look of, like, oh, you guys hate Ron so much, you're taking his pictures down and just leaving the spokes up. That's I, so funny. I will, like... I, go ahead, Steph. I, I just wanted to talk about Ron Hextall for a while because... Oh, no. Or just for, like, a second. Because I'm not sure the man survives the offseason in Pittsburgh. It's possible. It's possible he doesn't. He's they had, really they, doing new some ownership. Ron shit down there. It's new He's ownership. Some, some Ronning. That was... I, the, uh, the story... I don't know if everyone listening is familiar with the story. But basically, when the new ownership came in in Pittsburgh... And Ron obviously is the GM. This was such a classic Ron Hextall move. Um, they they asked uh, they asked Ron if um, if he would put together a written explanation of his plan, like to to keep the Penguins in contention and to kind of move into the next phase. And Ron told the owners that I can't do that. My plan is in my head. It's in my head. It's in my it's head. So good. It's yeah, such a rod. So that's how I ran my finances in my twenties too. It's all in my head. I that's got how it. I still run my finances. <laughs> like we're doing great. But like honestly, it's it's so it's so good. Because imagine having the balls to say that to your new bosses. Like Fenway hey, Sports hey, Group. Give us a plan. And you're like, nah, you're not good enough to get my plan. You're not smart enough to understand all the shit that's in my head. Yeah, that's like it's just like I don't I think Ron has his his positives as a GM, but like there is just that element. He absolutely has that element of I'm the smartest person in the room. He's he is the when he played, he was a loose cannon. And now like that rogue mentality is just he thinks he's smarter than everyone. It's fucking hilarious. Eventually, I will say, apparently, I wish... he did. He did provide a written explanation because the owners okay. like looked at him. They're like, "Wait, you serious, <laughs> dude? Like, we asked you to do this. You're gonna do it." And then if... he did. Yeah, we weren't really asking. Yeah, this wasn't like a can you. This is a. <laughs> this is what you have to do, dude. You know, you, we're in charge here, right? Like, we're <laughs> the boss. <laughs> we tell you what to do, and you have to carry out that. Those orders. This is how employment works. Uh, I do like with the taking down his picture thing. I just, um, I wish he was never the GM here, and I wish like like a picture of him as player is so much different than his yeah. tenure as general manager. I wish the two things never like. I wish we could just still appreciate the guy who attacked Chris Chelios. You know, yeah, it did yeah. kind of poo poo his legacy here. It's a shame. What are you gonna do? I. It is, you know, it is it is dumb, though. Like, the one thing that I do actually think is kind of dumb um, is that, like, let's say as much as we, especially on this show, like, we criticize, like, the old heads, you know, for, you know, you know, advocating Sucking. for advocating oh. for moves that just don't really fit with like the way hockey is played these days i really do think the reason why hextall like let me put it this way let's say ron hextall was just a like he got the gm job and was just bad but didn't burn any bridges just what well, just failed and they fired him but then was like still like around because he was an alum and everybody still liked him he just didn't do a good job i don't think he would be hated like he is now I think a lot of the, like, 
like legitimate vitriol that he gets and this it comes into like the fact that the entire organization hates him and yeah, it took it, away it, bob clark's toys it like it gives it gives the fans even more of a like an excuse to really unload on him because they know that like everyone in new york thinks he's a dick mm-hmm. and uh, like also just and from, i don't like, know if that's quite fair because i think ron actually might have been right on that a- front he had a press conference after he got fired Legend. by himself to defend himself. And yeah, I was, like, I, I was I there. Think... It was fun. It was in, <laughs> I know. It was at a hotel, like a block away from the skate zone. I was going to say what a Denny's. I forgot adventure. where it was. It was like a, like a Holiday Inn or something. Yeah, I think it was like a Holiday Inn. I, I, yeah, I mean, it was it's like still right there. across from the skate zone. I could zone. very well, easily remember. It's a Holiday Inn Express, hotel. and he felt like the smartest motherfucker ever for staying there. All, all I'm saying with Ron Hextel <laughs> is that Ron Hextel made a lot of mistakes. I don't think, like, one of the things I think he got right was, like, the, the thing he screwed up with the alumni is he, he, he should have, like, treated them better as people. Like, he should have, like, you know, not just, like, tweaked them just for the sake of tweaking them. Like, the whole, like, well, you have to be in the shittier locker room at alumni games and stuff like that. Like, that was just dumb. But, like, the idea of, like, not really listening to Paul Holmgren and Bob Clark anymore, like, that was the right thing to do. Uh-huh. And, yeah. like, I don't think he deserves criticism for that. Like, that was the right move. No. No, but also he <laughs> needs to recognize, like we talked about he needs this. To recognize uh, that he recognized his his ideas weren't great either. But. No, he wasn't. No, just, but the position he was in. Now he earned a general manager job in the NHL. He was highly regarded as the AGM in uh, in LA. Big part of building their champion, all that shit. He earned the job uh, of a an NHL general manager position. However. It would have never been here if he wasn't an alumni himself. Yeah. If he was just yeah. some highly regarded assistant sure. GM prospect out in the Kings organization, there's a 0% chance he gets this job, and there's a 0% chance Ed Snyder entrusts him to like deviate from the typical plan a little bit and say, hey, we have to back off and draft and develop. Uh, like, and I don't, you know, it was only a half measure in my mind. He didn't go far enough. But there's a 0% chance if he wasn't that guy, you know, the one who won the Conn Smythe in 1987, he gets that opportunity. 100%. Zero chance. You are. I would agree with and that. And the fact yeah. that he didn't treat the other alumni with any sort of, listen, I don't care how the alumni are treated. That doesn't me affect me. Off. It God. doesn't affect me. It doesn't affect how many games they win, and that's all I care about. But, like, I don't know. Yeah, the whole organization hates you now, bud, and you were out. So, yeah. It's a shame because you're a franchise legend. But yeah, also. That, it's a bummer. I mean, I, I'm, yeah. I'm intrigued to see if that bridge ever gets uh, ended. It got fixed with Lindros. You if know? it can get fixed with Lindros, it can get fixed with anybody. Yeah. Lindros's yeah. family claimed the organization tried to kill him. I mean, yeah. to be fair. <laughs> and also, did. they weren't wrong. Yeah. I don't know if they tried. I just think they're not that smart. Uh, as we yeah. see, 25 years later, That's they true. continue not to be. Not yeah, I don't think they intentionally wanted to, to kill murder him. Yeah, I don't think they wanted they him dead. They were going to kill him if Keith <laughs> yeah. Jones didn't save his life in a bathtub. Yeah. So. Uh, what a time. I want to talk about the playoffs real Yay! quick before we wrap sure, up. Why not? Because that's fun. Uh, man, the Rangers when this whole thing started, I had a, I, I believe they had a real opportunity to win the East, but because because of the goalie, because the goalie was just going to carry them, and that happens in hockey sometimes. The East is ridiculous. Some good teams were going to get eliminated by other good teams. If they had the best goalie, they could be left standing. Granted, Tampa Bay in Game One, absolutely rusty. Never expected yeah. them to win that game. I fully expect them to win game two. However, the Rangers appear to be a team improving in front of our eyes. Like, yeah. they are better right now yes. than the day the playoffs started. They 100%. legit look good. Like um, They look like a good team. The besties on the top line are absolutely crushing it. The kid line is, like, crazy good. Which they, I don't think Lafreniere had a particularly good regular season, if I remember. No, that's correctly, but that's the big thing that's I think that is yeah. this change for them. It's that they so number one, you know they there there's there's an element here, and it's obviously not not exactly the same because their goalie is way way better. But there's a little bit of like the Flyers in 2010 here, where like you know the Flyers in 2010 you know, had four good defensemen. 
and they could, you know, then in the playoffs, you don't have to use your third pair very much. And then they had guys like Drew broke out, Villy Leno popped, and then suddenly you had three scoring lines rather than two. And yeah. that's kind of what's happening here where, like, you know, they their top four is Adam Fox, Jacob Truba, Keandre Miller, and Ryan Lindgren, and they're all good. And the third pair just kind of can, like, take shifts occasionally because it doesn't really matter. And then the kid line is giving them legitimate secondary scoring. So now they're, like, a better team than they were in the they're regular season. They're giving them season. primary scoring. Yeah, yeah and right? they also And it also helped that they, they made some really good trades at the deadline. Yes, like, Andrew yes. Kopp has been real, real good for them. Like, real good. I don't think anybody expected him to score as much as he, as he has. And the thing is, that's also allowed, because he can score on the top lines, you know, flanking the, the true elite players in that team, then that allows them to stack the kid line, and they have chemistry, so now you have more secondary scoring. And the thing, too, with the Rangers is that, like, their big issue this year was always their five-on-five play. Like, they just, they, they were getting outshot, they were getting outchanced. And I always thought that was weird, because Gerard Gallant is a good coach. Like, he, generally speaking, coaches five-on-five systems that outplay the other team. I mean, he did it in Vegas, he did it in Florida, he's a good coach. And I didn't really understand why he was co- why he couldn't get them to drive play, and they're not really driving play, but they're driving play better. And when you have the best goalie in the league, all you really need to do is drive play, like not get crushed. And they're not getting crushed. They didn't get crushed in the Carolina series. They didn't get crushed in Game One of the Tampa series, and it gives them an entirely new level as long as Shesterkin continues to play like Shesterkin and like. He was the best goalie in hockey this year. He's probably going to keep playing like that. Yeah, like Carolina was winning the shot battle, but except for like one game where they won it by like eleven, it was like two or three a game. And then like this is just purely shots on goal. It's not. It's not the whole you know statistic. I'm just saying like if they can just keep it close. If it's just like don't give up fifty because this guy's going to save a ton. Like it's it's just really maddening. Yes. But also like. I want Colorado to win the cup because I, I, I just like them. I, I like watching them. I think they're the best team. But I kind of want the Rangers to do it oh, just no, to embarrass the Flyers a little bit more. Ugh, I can't go that far. Right, so here's the thing. Far. Do I hate the Flyers or do I hate the Rangers oh, Flyers more? by a, exponentially. Listen, yes. But I also like I I also kind of like them. I hate them a lot, but I also kind of like them. There's no kind of like with the Rangers. Like I hate no them. hating the Flyers is like when you hate your sister, but like you <laughs> also love her. But like sh- we're gonna we're gonna yeah. die alone together. Yeah, so like, like come fine. on, like I you're a fucking asshole. But like also, if anyone else talks shit about you, I'm gonna punch them in the face. But uh, I don't have a ton of hatred. Like, we've talked about this. I don't hate the Rangers the way I hate the Penguins and Senators. I just The thing don't. that's super annoying is that the Rangers have, like, a couple of really likable dudes. And it's like, ugh, I don't really want to root for you, but you're fun and I like you. Looking at you, Zvenejad. Yeah, like, Kreider seems cool. I like him. Yeah, those two, like, being best friends is, like, fun and I like it. And then, like, I don't know. Shosturkin is super annoying, but he also seems like he's kind of a fun guy, like, getting in on the chance and being like, yeah, it's fun. I like it. Like, I don't know. I don't know. It's annoying. I, I want to hate them more than I do. I just, uh, yeah, like, I don't have, I don't have enough hatred for them. Like, I would much rather the Flyers feel embarrassed uh, that, like, you know, a team that sent a letter a couple of years ago to its season ticket holders that was like, yo, we're going to suck for a little bit, has won the Stanley Cup before they've made it back to the second round. But, like, do you honestly think that the Flyers will take that information and do anything meaningful with it? Because I don't. Whether they do or don't, I'm going to talk about it on this show, Kelly. And that's all that matters to me. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. But also, we're, we're still rooting for the Avalanche, William. Yeah. I, okay. I, I just want, like, I want the best teams to win. Yes. Like, I want Colorado and Tampa, one, because it's just, like, the highest level of hockey we can ask for. And two, like, I want a copycat league, and I want the league to look at Colorado and Tampa and go, we need superstars at every position. Yes. Like, that's, that's what I want to see happen, that would be because nice. that, would, that would lead to good hockey and not nonsense parody. Fair enough. Yeah. So that's, 
Anything else? Anything else to say about the playoffs? Uh, do we? How fucking Connor McDavid? Now he's been the best player in the league for a little while, but this is like a different level. This is like carrying a mediocre team to levels of success. Like this guy's gonna lead the playoffs in scoring and maybe not go. This is Peter Forsberg leading yeah. the playoffs in scoring and not going to the final. Like this guy is. He's so. He's the best since Lindros. Oh, for sure. I mean, like, I honestly, I'm, like, comfortable saying that at this point, he's the best player to have ever played the game. Like, I'm, I, I don't know how you could argue otherwise. Like, I understand that there's, like, when you compare across eras, like, you know, the training yeah. and the game being different and all that shit, but, like, he's so good. Like, he can, it, he can just decide, like, okay. I'm going to just win the game now. And then he just does it. That's He's got that level of just taking over that, like, he's always been really good. It's just, I don't know, maybe we're just seeing it up close. It's the big stage. Yeah, yeah. It's super impressive right now what he's been able to do. And listen, Dreisaitl's right there with him, too. And it's also fun in this series in particular to see that Nathan McKinnon is, can also do that. Like, he, he did that a few times. Like, he was just like, all right, I'm going to do a thing. Yeah, yeah. The hat trick not... against St. Louis that they, they they blew the game. That was I insane. still can't believe they blew that game. Like I don't know how you could not let that hat trick goal be the game winner. Like what the fuck? Um, That's some real flyer shit right there. It really was. But yeah, that that series is like the that game one was the most fun I've had watching a hockey game, and I don't even know how long. Insane. It was just so fun to watch. All right, I think we have fulfilled our requirement for the week. What do you say, fam? Yeah, why not? And that is all the time we have for you on BSH Radio this week. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out. If you haven't already, you got to hit that subscribe button, search Broad Street Hockey wherever there are podcasts, and boom, content, content, content. You know, this show, Fly Purbly, that'll be back at some point. They did, you know, listen, we're not, it's not like in season, but you're still getting plenty for your money, which is zero. So hit subscribe and maybe give us a five-star review. It would help. Uh, it, it helps us, it helps our egos, all of it. So do it. Uh, Broad Street Hockey, wherever there are podcasts. All right, that's it. My name is Bill Matz for Charlie, for Steph, for Kelly. Have a great week, everybody. Are you ready to talk about sports? Yeah! Who's gonna score hockey goals? Our team! No one does more hockey than our boys. The Flyers! Feel